Hi, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. Today with me is a guest from Over the Pond. Hey, Lee, how are you doing? Hi, uh, I'm Lee Jones. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to have you. So there's been a lot of Hallmark adjacent news. I don't know if you've been following the American University scandal. At lightly following it lightly <laughs> i would say that's pretty much how i'm following it too i've had some friends who have like gone through like i don't know if they were like deposition notes or something yeah. i definitely have not done that <laughs> <laughs> no just what's where i tell them really yeah <laughs> uh i do know that uh Lori laughlin was one of the people who um was implicated and she turned herself into the FBI. She was shooting in Vancouver. Um, and that Hallmark um, is no longer doing any movies with her. So she used to have those garage sale mystery um, TVs shows yeah. <laughs> that were like movie long length. So that's been canceled. And she's also on When Calls the Heart. And they released a tweet that says, there's plenty of other stories on this show that we're going to explore. So don't worry. <laughs> so she won't be returning on that either. Yeah, no, that's that seems fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the appetite to see Lori Laughlin, at least for the moment, is uh, not there <laughs> no she, she's not really like um she's not really big or anything over here um she's not really big or anything over here yeah uh, actually <laughs> like i don't know many people that have watched full house over here well i think it was a big show in the 90s or with the reboot so and we're really caught on yeah it's it's funny because I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but you should definitely not watch television shows aimed at children as an adult. No, no. <laughs> they yeah. don't hold up. <laughs> no, they do not. No, that's true. But yeah, it's it's a crazy story. And it was funny when it when it broke, I thought, I wonder how long it's gonna take for someone to have like an article or something saying like it's just because our society is like so into like prestige colleges and blah 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 and not about entitled rich people yeah like, and, I, think, I think the best take i saw about it was someone pointing out that not so much that this is all very very surprising more that it was illegal and i think everyone expected it to be happening anyway oh. <laughs> yeah it's there's always like a veneer of respectability around things like where you yeah. just give a donation to a school. Yeah. And then the idea is you're going to let my kid in. Right. But yeah, in this case, yeah. it was like, we're going to make sure my kid gets all the right scores on the SAT and like is involved with like crew and all this stuff. So it yeah. looks good, but actually it's all lie. <laughs> Just a strange choice. Yeah. Very. <laughs> anyways i don't i don't know if you had anything more about it that you wanted to say no like i said it, it's like completely removed from 
especially like because I live in the UK, um, it very much is completely removed from my world. So it seems disingenuous for me to make comments on <laughs> something like this. That's fair. So we watched My Gal Sunday, and I threw out a bunch of ideas your way about what we could watch, and and you said this one looked most promising. So why why did you think this looked the most promising out of all the ones? So I read the blurb, um, which states this film is about a kidnapping, um, and then I looked at the poster, which looked like a lazy rom com, um, kind of series. And I just kind of went, I don't know how that matches up. And had to see what how it matched up. Yeah. It's funny because, like, that sounds silly. Like, oh, it looks like a rom-com, but it is about a kidnapping. But after yeah. having watched it, the tone is more of a rom-com than it is about, like, yeah. a thriller. <laughs> like, it, it, it's very much, um, we have a lot of, like, daytime tv um murder mystery shows over here um and it's very much in that world of um there's one called rosemary and time which was a big one which is about two uh elder ladies solving murders and it felt very much like that watching it to me and i've watched a whole lot of these but like it was so light-hearted about yeah like but wanting to have stakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there could have easily been tea breaks throughout this movie and it would have yeah. felt totally in place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the start of this movie is crazy because we have this woman called Sunday, her husband called Parker. They're flirting in the kitchen. They're having a bunch of friends over. Um, we get introduced to his mother, her father, really quickly, and then there's a bunch of friends around the table, and they get a prisoner to join them because she's an attorney, and she was able to get this woman out for the day to with, join them. With no real explanation of who anyone is. No. <laughs> like, Like, so... This is my first experience with a Hallmark movie. Um, and so I've heard the jokes about what Hallmark movies are like. The fact those jokes were exactly what this movie was from the opening. Um, where, like, just the way everyone interacted and the dialogue. But yeah, we just get no explanation for who these people are. And then someone's in a prison jumpsuit. <laughs> What's great is, like, in my notebook, I'm, like, furiously writing down everything that's happening, thinking it's going to be important, right? Like, yeah. oh, there's this woman, Kim, and she was sleeping with this guy who was married to Annie, who's in the jumpsuit, who's put away for this guy's murder, and there's this other guy, and he was working with him, and then there's this, um, you know, the, the dad was in the Secret Service. Okay, that's important, I guess. And so there's, like, all this information that gets dumped out in the first five minutes, and none of it ever comes back again. It just is supposed to show, like, oh, Sunday, she's clever. And yeah. uh, Parker gets shot. So I guess that's important. <laughs> oh, yeah. that 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 That's, like, I, I realized that halfway through the film. 
like the first like 10 minutes of this film has him getting shot in the arm and he's got his arm in a sling and then 20 minutes past that it's not and it's yeah. forgotten about <laughs> like i thought oh that's going to be an important detail to happen in this film is the fact that he's got one arm nope <laughs> right it it's so disorienting that I even pause the movie like five minutes in like, oh, I wonder if there's something wrong where I accidentally like started the movie 45 minutes in. Yeah. Instead of at the beginning. <laughs> or like there is another scene missing from the start that explains everything. Like it feels like the start of the first episode of a season two of a TV show. Exactly. Where we've met all these characters before, and this is just showing that business is usual. Right, like, oh, who did kill Annie's husband? Yeah. And it's like, who the hell is Annie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a whirlwind of an experience. <laughs> um, then we get a scene with Parker and his father-in-law, um, who used to be in the Secret Service, and they talk about trains for an extended period. <laughs> I I found it very difficult to distinguish characters in this film. Because everyone just kind of looks the same. Yeah. Like, like I, I, attractive white. For a while I thought man. that was Parker's dad. And then it was like, oh no, it's... It just all feels like they're all from the same bucket. <laughs> bucket of generic characters yeah <laughs> uh, it was funny too because when they were talking about trains and stuff like I've seen mystery movies before where they're like trying to do numerous things in a scene so I was like okay later it's going to be important like all this information about trains because they're going to end up in a train station or something. And he knows a bunch about trains or something. Yeah. It never comes up again. It's just like, he's enthusiastic about trains. He's supposed to give a speech about trains. That's it. But this goes on for a really long time, this conversation. Yeah. The, the whole introduction to this film does nothing. Like, it's it's just 10 minutes that you're not getting back. <laughs> <laughs> And then Sunday walks in and tells her husband to come back to bed with her in front of her dad, which was weird. Yeah, they all have such a weird, like I said, they all just, like, I felt at some points that that was his dad. And because it just, everyone was just so familiar and friendly. Yeah. Um, And like, even down to like, when they're doing that big, ah, but it was you who murdered um, scene, like, what a weird way to do that. <laughs> what a bizarre way to do that yeah it was almost like they were trying to do that whole Nick and Nora thing where it's like everyone comes to the dinner party and then I reveal who the murderer is yeah and but it was like a terrible version of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah she's like totally glib and flippant about everything uh, even when spoiler alert the parents get kidnapped <laughs> yeah yeah like no one panics like on a scale of one to ten no one gets above a five in this film right until maybe near the it's, end it's like oh man i'm running really late 
like I'm annoyed. It's like that level of annoyance. Yeah. Was well, so, so throughout the film we have that like the um the like flip book transitions. Oh yeah. Um and like every time it came up I imagined it was someone like looking in their diary and going, "Well, I'm missing that now, aren't I?" <laughs> I guess I could be going to church in the morning. Yeah, but like... I'll just continue watching this movie. <laughs> Should be dancing right now. Nope. <laughs> So many things I could be doing in my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny, too, because, I mean, it was just supposed to, like, be at the top of every scene, but it would have made more sense if they, like, tried to put it around commercial transitions. Yeah. So instead, we still have c- the regular commercial transitions and this, like, it's not even footage of an actual flipbook. It's, like an animation of one yeah it's like this weird thing you get in iMovie that right you would like put on a home video yeah it was a weird choice (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was yeah it was a really and also like just disconnected from everything else tonally in the film yeah i wonder if that's just something from the book like at the top of each chapter it explains what they would be doing if they weren't trying yeah. to solve a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But I don't know. It was kind of random in terms of the movie. Yeah. It was it was so yeah. were those their own cars or were they leasing those cars? I didn't really understand why they had classic cars all of a sudden. I I couldn't tell if it was the like the blue and white one was their car and like they switched cars or something I, I i i don't know um i think the whole reason for the kidnapping is very silly um <laughs> but there isn't much in this film that isn't um that's true and m- maybe they just wanted to have classic cars in the film and so they decided yeah these ones cuz they have to show they're wealthy don't they I suppose. It was really funny, though, because they each get into two different cars to go over to some event where Parker, who used to be the Secretary of State and the governor of whatever state they're in, I don't know, California, um, that he has to do a, a speech. And so they're on their way over. And there's like... It, what feels like a full minute of everyone just looking at each other and smiling at each other like, look at us in our classic cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just look so smug. It was so irritating. It's so Like I said, this is my first time with like a Hallmark film and the one word that like keeps coming back is like, this is so suburban. Yeah. It's so just, yeah. It's, it's one of them, like Parker starts speeding and expects no consequences and <laughs> yeah they just kind of lightly flirt yeah the whole time yeah they're they've been married a year and they cannot stop flirting with each other like at all they flirt the entire time yeah if i was friends with them i would find them very irritating yeah I, that that's probably yeah, the best word to describe just every Every interaction these people had, I found irritating. <laughs> the, the, the the entire dialogue is so unbelievable. 
Yeah. In so many ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> the guy has a gas mask on, so he doesn't gas himself, and he puts them in a black van. And then it's, like, way overly complicated the way he tries to communicate with Parker. He, like, has instructions that he posts to his fan page, and then he also ha- sends him a text to tell him to look at the fan page, and then he also sends him a photograph to be like, no, really, I have your parents. And it's like, couldn't this have all been put in one email? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, the, the whole plan, that, and as we find out more about the plan in the film, is so convoluted. Yeah. In such a ri- ridiculous... Yeah, like, I, I don't know why he... Because that, that starts this whole, like, uh, idea that, um, that, that they're kidnapping them because of Parker. Right. Um, which becomes semi-important for the next 20 minutes um because he gets so convinced that it's him and yeah i found so so many parts of it just seem just so over the top yeah (laughs) it's like he is really doing a lot and everyone else is just like having a sunday stroll it's so strange (laughs) uh so it turns out this guy is Wexler someone, which I've never heard of, of Wexler as a first name, but sure, that's fine. <laughs> no, e- even the name he takes, like, I can't remember what it is now, but the name he takes as the like alias he uses. These are some fantasy RPG names. Uh, the name that he don't picks exist. is like Ehrlich something. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, not not these these aren't names that can help you blend into a cloud. A crowd. <laughs> it's funny too because at first he says he's part of um an appreciation society for a serial killer and they need to I don't know, get him a helicopter and get him out of there and make him completely pardoned or something. And um the idea is that he's going to try and kill him during transport. And yeah. that character's name, every time they said it, it sounded like a different name. And I know I'm a dumb American, but like, <laughs> there's that scene in um, Father of the Bride where Martin Short like says the same word, but he says it like 20 different ways. <laughs> yeah. And that's all I kept thinking about when they kept on saying like, Jean Vambonner. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, we'll get we'll get to the whole plan, I guess, later on as we get to it in the film. But it's so needlessly complex. Yeah, it was funny because my I was trying to Google to see if this was one of many movies about this character, and that's why we started the way we did. And it turns out this was the first movie in the series. And the movie didn't do well, so they never did any other ones. Um, and one <laughs> It of, feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the criticisms was it was overly complicated. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can agree with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was weird, too, because 
I don't know, 20 minutes after the Jean Vonvernet person um, <laughs> like gets introduced, it turns out his first name is like Claudius or something. And I was like, wait, his first name is a Jean? <laughs> That's all his last name. I'm like, what? <laughs> that was the biggest surprise of all. I'm trying to see if I can remember. Yeah, Claudius. Je- yeah, Claudius Jovenet. <laughs> um, yeah. Which I, I, I think the, the film spends like that whole thing of like show don't tell, mm-hmm. and the film just tells you over and over and over again that he's a big, very dangerous hitman, mm-hmm. without really ever showing it at all, ever. Yeah. Like, do they even like? Yeah. Yeah. At the end, we find out that he always used like poison or medicine to kill people. He never he always tried to do things discreetly so it didn't necessarily look like the person had been murdered. And I was like, yeah. You could have said that way earlier. It would have yeah, like if if you had like mentioned that a few hours before. Right. <laughs> um like when you first meet him, like when you're introducing this character because this film exposits a lot. A lot. A lot. Um <laughs> If, if like they said, oh, he likes poisons, then w- when the audience gets to like figuring out, oh, so he did this, and then that's why ah, the audience can figure that out, rather than, I mean, I wasn't really invested enough to try and figure out what was going on. <laughs> that's fair. Um, on my own, but it feels like you know that would have helped engage the audience a bit. Yeah. Um. At one point, they have a photograph that they're looking at and i don't even know where they got the photograph oh i guess it was the photograph (laughs) that the kidnapper sent them and her mother's or his mother's glasses have a reflection of something in them and they realize it's the watch and yeah why did they start thinking about the watch i forget why uh i know they no i actually can't remember either (laughs) And it, there's not really like a Wikipedia page you can go to with the plot of this film as well to <laughs> double check it. Yeah, this movie, I mean, I'm sure the the book would tell you what this movie was, but it, the movie itself doesn't have a lot of stuff on the internet, shockingly. <laughs> no. So, like, I think my, my biggest issue with this film was that, like, and I mentioned, like, just then, like, this film exposits a lot. Characters walk into a scene saying what they want to happen, and that is what happens in the scene. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like, someone walks in a scene saying, oh, I wish we had this guy's name, and then by the end of that scene, they have yeah. it. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what happened with, like, the watch thing, was the character said, we need a lead, and the gods of plot convenience gifted them. Gifted them a watch. Such a lead. <laughs> yeah, gifted them a watch that they were able to highlight on a picture on the picture on the computer and enhance and zoom. Yeah. And led them to... It was weird, too, because she had seen something in the glasses, but she didn't even identify it as a watch before. She just said it was something. No. Then she sees the watch, and she's like, aha, that's the thing from the glasses. (laughs) And I'm like, what? If it's so obscure in the image that you couldn't even identify it as a watch, how are you able to positively identify this specific watch as the item in the glasses that doesn't make any sense 
Anyways. Yeah. It's a dis- it's a very distinctive watch and she's like, "Oh, I was the defense attorney on a case where a nurse was put away for murdering um a patient with poison and someone used his key card to get there, but he's innocent and uh his brother blames me." What did you think about the brother choosing her to blame? <laughs> I mean, it just seems like a way to get her involved, but I mean, like, there was that whole thing, like, there's that speech, like, towards the end of the film that the brother kind of gives this thing about how he found out by doing this stuff and, like, figuring out who the killer was and she didn't do that. Um, And that felt very... um. I can't think of the word for it now, but contrived. It's a little bit. It's a little bit sexist. Oh, in that, like I'm reaching out to the woman to blame. <laughs> um, like that came to mind to me. It's like there's a million other people you could. What about the detectives that arrested the guy? Right, or the judge. Like, yeah, like wh- why are you reaching out to one of three female characters in the film? Um to blame but yeah like the judge and you could have got other characters involved it felt like it wanted to keep it to this small cast yeah and like that's just the way to it's kind of just the MacGuffin like and it feels weird to say that she is the MacGuffin in <laughs> and the main character yeah and the main character but yeah it's just stretching to find something yeah and it would have been different if like we got to that armored truck at the end and there's like four other people there right uh, in this really it's like the guy watched Saw <laughs> and was like I've got a plan Yeah. so Wexer wants to kill her and he also wants to kill the man who was actually responsible for the murder and he's like oh there's a um, serial killer who uses poisons I bet it's that dude and did we find out if it mm-hmm. actually was him or not well, he says at the end, he says, oh, the, like, he implies it wasn't him. Right. But then afterwards says he did do it. <laughs> like, so I don't know. <laughs> like, I thought that was, oh, is it going to be a whole thing where, like, the film ends with, like, them being like, oh, but he said he didn't do it. So it must be someone else. Right. I was like, oh, it's another twist and we're going to find out who really did it. And... No, it's just like, oh, we got the bad guy. We're moving on. <laughs> so we don't know yeah, who killed the original it, man. No, it, it yeah. <laughs> Plus, like, in the whole, like, revenge thing, the guy's already in prison. Right. Like, it feels like he got caught for a crime. Right. He didn't get caught for that specific crime, but he got caught for the other crimes. And he was still going to be there yeah. forever. I think he was there for life. Yeah. So... I mean, probably. There was a whole high security thing. Oh, yeah. When it was plot convenient. (laughs) So the parents are being kept in an unused ward where the original man who died, died. And where the innocent nurse man and his brother used to work. And Mm -hmm. Wexler has a giant board of you know, evidence has this little crime wall and a bunch of monitors to look in on the parents. 
Um, at one point, they go to Wexler's apartment, see the name Ehrlich. They have the secretary look at the name Ehrlich. It takes her a really long time to figure out who that is. Uh, he does yeah. transport for the prison. She tries to contact Parker. She can't get through. Um, Sunday is skulking around the hospital. Nobody knows that the parents are there except for Wexler. Nobody knows that people are sneaking around that ward. <laughs> she starts sneaking. No around one knows the wards. anything is going on with that ward. <laughs> it was funny too. Like at some point, this guy pulled two people that he'd knocked out into this ward. Right. And like some guy who used to work in that hospital. But doesn't anymore. Right. Pulled two bodies through. And no one bad. And no one said a word. No. (laughs) And, like, they're banging around and screaming at different points. And he's like, no one can hear you. And it's like, probably people could. How large is this hospital? Yeah. (laughs) Like, she didn't take very long to get from where the keep out sign was to them. Yeah. Like, surely someone must just walk past <laughs> at some point. But it it was funny because Sunday's trying to like ask people about Wexler. Like, do you know anything about Wexler now? Have you kept kept up with him? And like, instead of people trying to like rebuff her and being like, "Ma'am, you know, you have to leave. We, we don't talk about former employees." They literally just ignore her. And I'm like, "Is she a ghost? <laughs> What's happening?" <laughs> But eventually she ends up in the right ward where her parents are. Well, her one parent and her uh, father-in-law. No, mother-in-law. And Mother-in-law. Yeah. And then Wexler puts her in a bomb vest thing. And that actually surprised me. It was the only thing that surprised me in the movie. I didn't think we were going bomber route. No. <laughs> No, I, I, yeah. I was like, that escalated quickly. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like a step up. Yeah. And even then, because she's still, like, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Like, they mentioned early in the film that, like, he, he must know something about chemicals because he made this gas. And then we kind of, you know, when she's getting tied up, she mentions that, like, he was a brilliant scientist slash doctor. But where did he learn to make bombs? I don't know. Maybe the internet? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's all this, like, we mentioned, like, that um, the actual killer is good with poisons. Like, he's make. There's no just, like, everyone seems to be really smart at something. Yeah. <laughs> with no explanation as to how or why. Like, it would make sense if he was a doctor and he was good with, um, like, communicable diseases and he knew how to, like, spread disease or or do things with gases or something. But, like, the fact that he's good at, like, everything, like, bomb making, gas making. Yeah. It's like, why are you good at everything? Sneaking. (laughs) Like, if, yeah, like, if he was like, I'm going to poison you now because you poisoned and that would make sense. But it's just like, no. Bomb. That would also be, like, smarter, too. If he was like, 
the person responsible for transporting people he could like hide someone in the back and then make it like a door and then have that person like poison that guy and then it's like oh he died of natural causes and then like have his friend like slip away but he wants to like blow up the bus (laughs) with him in it well or him nearby like Like, and like, like we find out that he spent like he spent years um working his way through the prison system um, as as a guard to get to this position, like it feels like at some point he probably could have just like lay up. If he's this good at like a sneaking around in like the hospital and making bombs and making these gases and doing all this stuff, probably could have found a way to put a bomb in the cell, right? Or some sort of device to spray gas at the guy. Yeah, <laughs> or even. Like, try to get it feels him like... transported and then, like, you know, try to take over the bus or blow up the bus and have, like, a casualty of the guy who's, like, driving the bus. But he doesn't really care about casualties anyway. So it's silly. Oh, well, well, so that was one of the things that, like, I noticed when, like, when they all get on this bus at the end and they let this big dangerous assassin on the bus, no guards go on. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. There should be at least like one I was guard. like, uh, yeah, and then that also like raises that would have also like raised the like idea that Wexler is like going to have this collateral damage that he just doesn't care about, but it kind of removes that from the equation. Yeah, and like I don't like for a film that is like very very complicated in how it gets to where it gets, it's not very complicated in its stakes. No. And I, I, I guess that's a common theme across these types of films. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, at one point, they earlier in the film talked to the man who was doing time. And he was like, yeah, I haven't seen my brother in a long time, but we used to work together. And then she's like, oh... If you two work together, I know what happened. And then they like walk for what seems like 10 yeah. minutes and she gives exposition. <laughs> and it's like, just get to the point. <laughs> that And that is, yeah. And there's all these like quick cuts of like him, of like you get the shadowy image of someone picking up the badge and it's all very um, like dramatization yeah. style. Um, and yeah, like, like it's trying to create some kind of excitement. Yeah. It's like, if we like, delay explaining this, it's going to feel like tension. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's... And half the film is people walking about talking yeah. in a semi-flirty way yeah. without any acknowledgement of the stakes. No. <laughs> There's one part where they're talking about like let's not even go there let's just logic our way through and tell everyone that we're golfing and then you wait for like 30 seconds for them to cut to commercial <laughs> and you're like you don't yeah, seem like, that upset yeah like, well the, when the parents first get kidnapped yeah. like um parker who's got his arm in a sling at this point starts pushing a wheelbarrow around yeah 
which prompts a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> like his arm is still in the sling, but he's carrying the wheelbarrow <laughs> with just the sling hanging off his elbow. And then we forget about the sling at that yeah. point going forward. Yeah, he decided he doesn't want it anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of gunshot wound. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it prompts this big, like, oh, my parents have gone missing. I'm going to think about how I met my husband. I know. <laughs> Everything is about how they met, how she got her nickname, how they got married. Yeah. <laughs> And their parents are around, but they're not central to any of these flashbacks. No, they're just in the background the whole time. Just always there, watching. (laughs) And, like... Like, it it definitely feels like this film is trying to set up to a sequel or, like, a series or something. Like, it's trying to introduce the characters going forward. And... Yeah, like, you're trying to introduce these high stakes while also give us jovial introductions. Like, like, like the first Thin Man movie, you don't have their whole backstory of how this socialite and this lowlife, like, came together. I think they, like, address it really briefly because somebody asks at a party how they know each other. But most of the time, you just see them interact and then... You know, he starts trying to figure out who done it, and they're still flirty. It's just so much better. It's like I see what you're trying yeah. to do, but you're doing everything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that, like, like yeah. Even like, the, I think there's been like a sort of the, these films of like the couple that do these things together is like obviously a theme that exists throughout. Uh, a lot of films like the conjuring does it mm-hmm. as well in that kind of way but without that forced inclusion of like how yeah. did we meet um do you remember and without sorry go ahead i was gonna say like w- without like distracting from the main plot of your film of like there is people in danger of dying right now to go let's go back to the ranch and watch him with his big muscly arms push a wheelbarrow <laughs> Um, do you want to go over how Sunday got her nickname? It's like she doesn't like her real name. <laughs> and she doesn't like all the nicknames that she's been given. Right. And today is Sunday. So I guess that because uh, he did describe like she's glorious and or he used particular words, which I guess it was what he they, he'd describe a Sunday as. Yeah, he's like, today is full of grace and uh, amazing. Yeah, and you're full it. of grace and amazing. And I can't remember that little rhyme. Is Sunday's child full of grace? Is that... Which one's full of grace? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna look at okay. it. <laughs> it, like, occurred to me while I was watching it, uh, and then I, like, didn't look it up. Tuesday child is oh, full of grace. Oh, so she should be Tuesday. Why is she Sunday? <laughs> What's Sunday's child? Uh, so Monday's child is full of face. Tuesday's child is full of grace. Wednesday's child is full of woe. Thursday's child has far to go. Friday's child is loving and giving. 
Saturday's child works hard for a living, but the child who was born on the Sabbath day is bonny and blithe and good and gay. Okay, it's still good. Which just seems like a lot to put on a child based on the day they're born. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine if you had like a little booklet that explained you know, the day you were born and what that means and the hour you were born and what that means and the stars that were in the sky and what that <laughs> means and a different type of horoscope and what that means. And because I feel like those things all stack on top of each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst D&D <laughs> Anyways, it was a really dumb way to give someone a nickname. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, like I, I found Parker so condescending oh, towards Sunday. He's so awful. <laughs> like, constantly feels like he's, like, talking down to her. And, like, but then also being like, but she's real smart. Like, at the end, he's like, oh, no. Sonny's not his hostage. He's Sunday's. Just doesn't know I it I know, yet. I wrote that line, too. And I was like... I was like, no, he's the one with the gun. <laughs> um, You've spent this whole film, like, basically ruffling her yes. hair. He literally at everything he says rubber and bands of... at her as a way of flirting. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> and um, he, like, gives a statement to the paper without telling her about it and then when she's like i don't know why you did that he's like hey i bigged you up you should be nice to me (laughs) and it's like why are you giving interviews about your wife why did they i mean yes you got shot but like why didn't they try to talk to her too she's the one that orchestrated the whole thing (laughs) yeah yeah like she's the one that did all i'm guessing she's the one that figured it out and like that was why they did the whole thing which is really weird when i'm thinking about it now in that like at one point she sat there and went wait he didn't do that crime or she didn't do that crime let's invite all of our friends around and i know that this person did it let's invite them all around we'll all have a couple (laughs) of drinks and then i'll reveal that this one of our friends was actually a devious murderer After we've all had a couple of drinks and got a bit tipsy. But you can't say anything. (laughs) Also, I love how in these movies, how as soon as anyone's confronted, they're like, I didn't do it. And then five seconds later, okay, you got me. And it's like, it's all circumstantial evidence. Just shut your trap. What are you doing? (laughs) They, They go very quickly from, no, what are you saying? To like smug supervillain, yeah. very very quick. Oh, so silly! Like the eyes go, and it's just yeah. It's very it's very very <laughs> silly. It's very very silly, which I, I imagine is what how you could describe a lot yeah. of this film, really. <laughs> um. So yeah, she has a bomb on her chest. She's in a transport vehicle. The secretary's trying to call them. She can't get through. Um, they put the serial murderer on the bu- on the bus. Uh, Parker says his line about like, no, she's the one cl- calling the shots or whatever. And then she jams the bomb using her 
ring and they um rearrest the Jean Barbonne guy and they're gonna put him back in his old cell and not move him at all although they never really gonna move him they were just trying to get the bad guy to reveal himself um he doesn't seem and he doesn't seem bothered by any of no. this <laughs> like he's just along for the ride i mean being in prison is like boring so he's like ah eh, this could be fun <laughs> i get to wear yeah. my leather jacket it's a day trip <laughs> I get to wear my aviators. I get to be real cool for a day. It's fun. Yeah, I get to be cool and sassy. <laughs> He's so sassy. <laughs> um, He's meant to be menacing, but he's mostly just sassy. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's... I, I was not never scared no. by him at all. I, also, I was more scared by yeah. Wexler than anyone. Like, as far as I can fill in, I was actually quite... He wasn't the yeah, worst. He's, he's smart and he's creepy and he won't be deterred from doing the evil thing he wants to do. So yeah. he's pretty good as a villain. Yeah. Um, But I loved in the bus too because they were really having fun with the music at that point. Like they have 80s action guitar. They have like Spanish flamenco. Yeah. It was like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but it, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. The music during the whole film was like, at points, it was just like, oh, now we're going to play the de- 70s detective soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> cool? Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you do you, Ruby. Um, and then... You never see the parents. Like, I'm assuming they picked them up and the parents are safe and everything's good. You don't <laughs> see them, though. No. I, 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 yeah. After... After she uh, goes to the hospital, it is never mentioned until yeah. the end. Are they, are they even? No, they're not even no. at the end, are they? That's the last time you see them is when no. she's in that bomb vest. <laughs> and she's like, don't they're worry. Because she has wire cutters and they don't know that. And she's trying to be like, I got wire cutters, yeah. it's fine. But um, yeah. And then we never see them again. And we have to assume that someone released them from that uh, hospital and that they're fine. <laughs> But yeah. we don't see them. It's weird. And then they have a picnic yeah. Yeah. by the lake. And uh, we hear a dog bark. And she's alarmed. And she wants to go check it out. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, did he invite a bunch of people over? And it's a surprise party. And she doesn't know. Yeah, I thought, like, has he got her a dog? <laughs> That's a reasonable, you know, thing to think. And then you hear a girl scream, and she's like, okay, we really need to look. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, I friends who have children. And then there's a gunshot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, like, like, and, like, that whole attitude, like, that, like, last scene, like, when, mm-hmm. at the beginning, when he got shot in the arm, like, he was like, <laughs> oh, we should do this more. And then, like, the whole film happens, and he's like, we should do this more. And then it happens more, and he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, he's all like, huh, here we go again. And she's like, here's your flashlight, honey. Yeah. And then they walk down the lane, and the music's really happy. And I'm like, did a child just die? 
what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's complaining. He's he's complaining about the champagne. Yeah, he's like oh, while holding it. Flat. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this like twelve year old is probably bleeding out in the woods. But who cares? Yeah, like uh, th- that's when it was like, okay, if this was like episode twelve in a twenty-four part TV series, like, and we've got to know these characters and their japes, I could see this working. But right now, I don't know. This just seems right. like a reverse of the character he was an hour ago, with no. no real trauma happening to him. It feels like what they should have done is they're all around the breakfast table, the mom the dad the two main characters and the tv's on in the background and it's the news and they're like talking about the details of a case and she's like that doesn't sound right i wonder if i should like call someone about my observation and he's like just let it be you know we're a private eye investigatory whatever thing they'll call us if they want us and she's like i don't know i don't think they noticed this thing i just noticed yeah and he's like oh here we go again but like (laughs) they're the only people around and someone is like hurting a kid (laughs) it's very different the stakes are very different (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it's such a weird ending that you like the characters at all. No. Doesn't make especially him. Like I already said, he's an asshole, and he's willing to be like, "Oh yeah. no, let's I ignore mean, them." Just murder. so self satisfied and smug the entire oh. time, and he's so condescending towards wife. Oh, what could be like? Yeah, and like even like that at the ending bit, like when you hear the scream and you haven't heard the gunshot yet, that could just be <laughs> someone falling down a cliff. That's not going to get you riled up in any sort of big mystery. Like, just, yeah. Like, yeah, so self-satisfied. So self-interested. Like, just, like I said, so suburban. Just so, like, and, you know, excuse the term, but so middle white American. Yeah. In, like, the, that definition, as I know that term, everything about this is like, so inoffensive in that way. It's no the risk, uh, just of, ugh. like, murder mystery shows. Yeah, yeah white toast it's funny too because plain white toast he's famous for having been secretary of state and for having been the governor um which yes i'm ignorant of most things in the world so if there is in the past a secretary of state who's also served as the governor i'm sorry but usually that's like someone with military experience or with federal experience, it's not yeah. the governor of a state that becomes the secretary of state. Well, that makes sense. And I don't know if he was a military man. So yeah, it was kind of weird. Well, yeah, it, it just feels like there's a lot of like, because like her dad is like ex-special forces. Secret service. And he's been like, I don't know, implants, uh, secret service, yeah. And he's been, I don't know, like subliminal subliminally implanting messages of how to get out of situations to his daughter like there's this implication that like oh she knows she doesn't know she knows yeah he says like oh uh she's the daughter of a secret service agent and uh i i taught her everything i know and that's like what how to scan a per- perimeter and pick up prostitutes in argentina like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what she, she knows how to take a bullet yeah it's yeah just 
It's like they wanted to make it sound like Taken. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Suburban Taken. <laughs> taken at your leisure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's very good. I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I also loved everything with the president in it. Because they need a fake pardon to move this guy. It's not that important, but they end up on the phone with him a couple times. And instead of just showing him in front of a window or behind a desk, they show us the entire Oval Office, which they've created (laughs) via green screen. They go out their way to do it. (laughs) They go out their way to have him, like, walking around and still covered in shadow. And, like, the first phone call is, like, completely in shadow and then it ends with, like, thanks, Mr. President. And it's like, didn't we just see the the big room? Like... Okay. Yeah, the way he delivers the Mr. President line makes it like, aha, it's the president. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the guy in the Oval Office? Yeah, I thought he might yeah. be. <laughs> it is the fakiest green screen. The ceilings are way too low. The shadows don't match up with him at all. His hair color is green. <laughs> Because his hair is white and it's picking up some of the green of the screen behind yeah. him. It is so bizarre. <laughs> and th- there's a couple of moments like that in the film, like when it just seems like they have put in special effects for no reason. Yeah. Like when they are picking up um, the assassin from the prison, the sh- like the exterior shots of the truck all just look so mm-hmm. fake. Uh, like they have digitally imposed lens flare and a reflection of the yeah. sun and tried to make it look more deserty. Yeah. When the rest of the film is in this like green yeah. like that was lake that area. That was the problem I had too. I was like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're suddenly in yeah. the desert. This entire movie, I had no idea we're... where anything was set. It was very confusing. I feel like that might be yeah. on purpose. Like, they're purposefully trying to be vague. Like, it could be anywhere. Small town USA. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're ready to uh, rate the movie. So there's uh, two rating systems. Uh, the first rating system is just one to five stars. Um, just in terms of quality of filmmaking. <laughs> so... I, you know, I grade on a curve because it is made for TV and, you know, they have limited budget and whatever. <laughs> uh, I still think I'm going to give this movie a two. <laughs> it's pretty rough. What What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. Like, two was what first came <laughs> yeah. to mind. Like, I've seen yeah. worse. And, and, and like, worse that is made for cinema as well like so it's hard to it's hard to give it too much yeah. of a hard time because it is like i said it is made right. for tv also like i thought the casting of oh, i don't even know her name i forgot to look it up but the girl who plays sunday she just looks so young and she's supposed to have accomplished so many things at this point you're like how old are you yeah uh rachel blanchard thank you yeah um, she she well she is forty two, like the actress is forty two today, and so she would have been about thirty eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
she would have been about 38-ish when this film came out, because it came out 2014, so. Yeah. I guess the 38 could um, have done all those things. Yeah. I don't know. She wasn't very convincing all the time. No. Uh, like, yeah, like, you mentioned she looked kind of young during the film, but like I felt like in that end scene, like, she had aged. Well, she had gone through an ordeal. Like, her hair looked more grey. <laughs> Yeah, her hair looked very like had wisps of grey, <laughs> very suddenly. Yeah, maybe the hair lady wasn't on set that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other rating metric is one to five whatevers. So I'm trying to think of something goofy. Uh, fan pages, <laughs> one to five fan pages for goofiness. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think I'll give it a four. It's pretty goofy. See, I'd probably go about three. Okay. Uh, in that it, it is incredibly goofy in a lot of ways, but also trying to be deadly serious in others. Yes. Um, and it's it's one of those films that I come away from just exasperated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if only for the first five minutes alone, where you're like, "Who the hell are all these yeah. people?" <laughs> Oh yeah, if the whole film was that scene over and over again, extremely goofy. <laughs> I And I also thought, well, maybe at the very end, it's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. And that woman, Kim, is actually responsible for killing that guy in the hospital or something. But no, it never comes up again. Trains no. never come up again either. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on and watching this ridiculous movie. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. And um, I would say thank you for introducing me to this movie. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair. So do you um, want to tell people where they can find your stuff? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, W-H-E-E underscore L-E-I-G-H. Um, and... If you like movies, I do a podcast called Film Club Face Off, where me and my friend Amanda, we watch two films that have like similar themes or something in common, and then talk about them. Uh, our last episode was Birdman and Whiplash, but we've also done like Mad Max Fury Road and Tank Girl and Casablanca and Citizen Kane. It's all over the place. Cool. Yeah, that's that's Film Club Face Off. Great. Well, thank you for being on. Um, everybody out there, we'll see you in a month. Uh, you can follow the show at NABM podcast or sorry, NABM pod. That's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you can search for the show on Facebook and if you want to throw a dime our way, search for us on Patreon and don't forget to review and subscribe. All right. Bye guys.